What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Moynihan. I play Orca on Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is my review of The Bad Batch. Episode 1 of Season 1, Aftermath. Uh, So we have gotten a sequel series to The Clone Wars, as made obvious by the cool changing logo they had at the beginning of this episode. Um, This is a full spoiler review of the first uh, episode, which was about 70 minutes long. Uh, Kind of a mini-movie. Uh, if you want an instant reaction, I recorded a short episode with um, my sons, uh, little Han and the Padawan. I didn't get into too much detail because they wanted to talk about other stuff, but uh, we had an instant reaction on May the 4th when this episode was released. But I'm going to get into more detail, um, some things I liked about the episode, um, some things little Han noticed when he was watching with me. Um, but the show's off to a good start. There's some issues, which I'll get into, but I think I mean, it's going to continue the quality of the Clone Wars and take us in a new direction with the beginning of the Empire and what purpose our little group of Clone Force 99 will, um, you know, just where they fit into the galaxy at this point. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, this one was written by Jennifer Corbett and Dave Filoni and directed by Stuart Lee, uh, Saul Ruiz, and Nathaniel Villanueva. Again, 70-minute episode. I'm sure there was a lot of um, you know, a lot of chefs in the kitchen for this one. It turned out great overall. I will mention we get a new animated version of the uh, TV intro they came up with for The Mandalorian, where it's just like the flashing light and the the different helmets or droids. I thought that was neat. Um, You know, give it an animated spin. And again, we get that new, you know, the logo that kind of burns into the Bad Batch logo. And we you know, we start off Clone War style with uh, the newsreel type intro with Tom Kane uh, doing the voiceover, and uh, we get a like a redo of some shots from Revenge of the Sith, uh, like when Obi Wan and Anakin rescue Palpatine from General Grievous. Um, yeah, some re- re- reused shots from the Clone Wars series. Uh, so that was neat. Nice kickoff for the for the series. And so we wind up on uh, Kalar, or Kalar, whichever they pronounced it. 
so we here's where it gets interesting we get to the clones who are led by depa balaba and her padawan caleb doom who star wars fans especially rebels fans will know as the future kanan jarrus so you know they were they were an easter egg in um old friends not forgotten was it that one it was either that or the the bad batch anyway the last season of clone wars uh we saw them in hologram form uh but here they are leading their clones as on what we find out is you know moments away from order 66 and the issue is and if you've seen it online you know people are talking about it they already did this with the Kanan comic book. It was a limited series uh, written by Greg Wiseman, who also worked on Rebels, to the point where they actually tied in to the series the same week. Like, there was an episode of the show that came out the same week as an issue of the comic, and they referenced the same battle. I don't remember the planet's name, but anyway, so they put a lot of thought into the comic book, and it showed orders. You know where what happened on uh, during Order sixty six on Caller in the comic book, in the first issue, and then it's about what Caleb had to do to survive. Um, you know, friend, friends and allies he made it along the way to, to kind of set up. You know where he winds up is Canaan years later. So with the introduction of the Bad Batch, that this has been retconned. The basic elements are still there, but they're telling the story differently. So I'll admit, when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, they're doing this differently," because you know, right? I have the that comic stored away, so I wasn't able to reference it. Um, and reread it, but yeah, I read that when it came out, what, five, six years ago. And again, the spirit is the same, but you know, with the inclusion of the Bad Batch and um, exactly how Order 66 went down for Depa and Caleb, um. Yeah, it's a little jarring. Now, to the casual fan, you know, it's fine. And it's a way to, you know, foreshadow and bring back some familiar characters. And, you know, I kind of understand it from a creative standpoint because, as, you know, as we find out, you have to have Hunter, you know, not kill the Padawan and let him go. And then that creates... Uh, the dissension with crosshair and i guess they were afraid of you know because you know they couldn't use um cal Kestis because his where he was on during order 66 is totally different they couldn't have been on planet side and unless they brought in another padawan who survived um yeah it just made sense I can see that they were thinking, 
use Caleb. We know he survives and goes on to, you know, do other things. So you don't have to like bring him back into the show really like he escaped and he's good. You know, if you used a brand new Padawan, you would have to resolve their fate later. Maybe they get killed later in the series or something. Um, so they went kind of the easy route with um, Caleb. I, I would do recommend um, hanging with Team Kanan. Uh, returned. Uh, it was Jeremy and Katrina and Jonah Marie. Uh, they did a review of Bad Batch episode one as well. Because, you know, Kanan's back. And that, that, that was a great show they did. Um, it, that podcast is one of the influences for this one that, that I'm doing. So I highly recommend. Um, and I, I retweeted them uh, on my Radio Dakar account so you can find it. Uh, li- you know, listen to that. Get their perspective because they are, you know, bigger Rebels fans than, than I am. And they, they go really into depth into depth on the whole issue. But it's something I had to address. As well as, and I'll go ahead and get it out of the way, the whitewashing of characters. Um, you know, Depa Balaba in the movie was played by... Uh, she is of, I think, Pakistani and Indian descent. Um, you know, even though Caleb is purely... Um, uh, animated character he was meant to be a person of color a little more obvious than the rebels and all the clones are based on Django played by Tamora Morrison who's Maori from New Zealand and of course we know what he looks like now with, with somebody like Echo who you know, was captured and basically lost his color because of what was done to him. That's something that even the regular clones are darker skinned than the way some of the Bad Batch was represented. And then it was noticed that Depp and Caleb were lighter skinned than they should be based on how they're portrayed previously. And whitewashing is not good. You know, I've talked many times on the show about diversity and Star Wars representation matters. And it's, you know, Star Wars is for everyone. You want to see all types represented. And if they, you know, whether intentionally or not, make the characters who are supposed to be diverse look more white, that's not cool. So... You know, there's scuttlebutt that um, there was an IO9 article where they said that Lucasfilm, even though they haven't made a statement, is aware of this. Uh, perhaps they resolve it like later in the series and correct it. You know, they can go back and correct it later uh, with the animation. You know, just recognize who's who played these characters in the first place in live action and what the original intent was. And get it fixed so that the diversity is there. Okay. So I got the the hot topics out of the way. Um, so we can get into the details of the of the show. I'll just run through these. 
Um, so because we get the end of the Clone Wars, it's nice to get the battle droids one more time. Uh, Matthew Wood doing his usual great job as the voice. And um, also got to give a shout out to Kevin Kiner, uh, who's who returned from the Clone Wars to do the music for uh, this series. And you can already tell he's going to go a little more lighthearted with it, um, more whimsical, especially with that the theme they played over the credits. Um, just an outstanding job. So shout out to him. Probably mention him every now and then. So I, I do like that this episode went into more explanation of like, you know, how Order 66 was communicated. You know, we got a great debate about the meaning of it um, during the Siege of Mandalore on Clone Wars. But here we find out, you know, it was in the comm chatter. It wasn't just the general, you know, the, the commanders or whoever in the clone army who received the holograms. Every clone got the order. And then, of course, we find out, and it's learned throughout the episode that you know, the, the inhibitor chips in Clone Force 99 aren't totally working, so they don't really acknowledge the order. They, they're trying to figure out what's going on, except for Crosshair. And that sets the seeds for the conflict with him and the rest of the group. Um, yeah, I got spoiled on it because, you know, they've already released the images of his imperial armor uh black series figure so but it wasn't like a huge deal i figured well you know because people pointed out like you know he's not always with the group in the trailers so maybe something happens to him or he stays with the empire so that's what happens um but you know but it's not like something that comes later i mean it, the stage is set for that division i mean early in this episode So, and I've already talked about Depp and Caleb quite a bit, but, you know, letting Caleb go is what, you know, establishes Hunter is not, not just because he's disobeying orders, just because he's like, this is the right thing to do. And crosshairs of the good soldiers follow orders mindset that we've seen before. Uh, so they head back to Camino. Uh, it's great to see the V-Wings. That was always a cool design that they didn't show too much of in Revenge of the Sith. So nice to see it expanded upon here. On a side note, does anybody remember the, the, the teaser trailer? No, it wasn't the teaser. It was the full trailer for Revenge of the Sith that played during the OC on Fox. And that was the first shot was the Emperor's shuttle returning from Mustafar, accompanied by two V-Wings, um, like arriving at Coruscant. It's not in the movie. And as soon as I saw that shot, I said, oh, those like proto-TIE fighters, they look really awesome. Um, so yeah, nice to see the V-Wings here. So, you know, they get into the conversation about the genet um, genetic modifications, um, you know, what it did 
and we found out more what what it did to their inhibitor chips. Um, you know, the shot of the dead Jedi under the sheet on the gurney, and then the lightsaber falling out of their hand. That was pretty effective to let you know what was going on. Um, you know, we get to see their perspective of the Emperor's speech uh, that was in Revenge of the Sith. Um, you know, I love the the pullback shot where, you know, they're tied on the, on the Bad Batch and shows, like, the other clones just falling in line uh, with a proclamation of the Empire. So the Republic's gone. It's the Empire now. And, uh, yeah, the, the scene with Tarkin, uh, played by, once again, by Stephen Stanton, and uh, Lama Su, who, you know, was the Prime Minister back in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, uh, their scene is great, because we get the conversation about the cost and effectiveness of clones versus, uh, you know, recruited soldiers now that the war is over. You know, you always wondered, like, where in the process was that decision to switch over? And, you know, it turns out it was, like, immediately that the clones served their purpose. They took their orders. They killed the Jedi. Now we just need, we can recruit whoever for minimal cost, or half the cost, as Tarkin said. So, yeah, a great scene there. Uh, we, you know, we got to meet Omega in the hallway, but, you know, then we get the, 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 I said lunchroom scene, but, um, mess hall, that's it. I'm saying the military term. Uh, shout out to Michelle Ang, who, uh, is from New Zealand. She's not Maori, but, um, as we find out, you know, she is a clone. So, um like the, the accent works and uh, she's doing a great job uh, with the character so far. Um, so it makes sense as we find out because she's a defective clone too. Uh, so to say that she would be fascinated by the bad batch and want to hang out with them. Um, you know, develops the, Attachment to Hunter. Um, you know, when she's talking to Echo, she says, um, I don't like being hooked up to those, um, to their machines either. You know, what does that mean? Or hopefully we'll find out more about her background. Um, you know, after the big, after the big brawl and, I mean, just so, so many good things about this. Um, like when Tech is like, you want to sit with us? No one's ever done that. And, um, then when Wrecker um, helps with the uh, the food fight. It's a great scene all around. So is the battle simulation scene. Um, you know, we saw some of that in Clone Wars, so more of the same, but you know, they do live fire and get to see it ramped up a bit. 
uh, you know, we get like early stage dark troopers, you know, obviously the design carries over to Mandalorian, what we saw in the final episode of season two. Although, you know, based on Mandalorian, it was, um, not humans in there, you know, generation three was all droids. So anyway, yeah, the, the design was there. That looked really cool. Um, Yeah, I liked when they were using hand signals. Riker was like, I don't get it, and just gives a thumbs up when he realizes what, what the plan is. Oh, I did like the touch. You know, they, you know, or disable one of the one of the dark troopers, uh, one of the droids, and then reprogram it so that he can use it. Uh, it reminded me of uh, Jedi Fallen Order, where you can do that to... Um, Oh, the the K series droids like K two. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, you can reprogram it to fire on other droids in the in the game. So that was neat. So you know, another thing I wondered about. You can see, you know, there's a that scene in the, kind of the nursery where they're still growing clones, and they're in the womb, so to say. Um, so, you know, the question is, when do they stop doing that? And when they do stop, what becomes of the younger clones? So hopefully they'll address that in this series. When, you know, what is the eventual fate of the clones? You know, we know about Rex and his guys in Rebels. You know, we're following the Bad Batch, but what, you know, are they just going to let these clones die out? Do they retire them? You know, send them off? Do they eliminate them? I hope these are, you know, questions they answer. Yep, my cat being needy. So he's, you might hear some purring in the background. So, that, you know, they're, they're having the conversation about, you know, how many defective clones are there? And, you know, they mentioned that five remain. So, you know, at first you're like, oh yeah, there's five in the Bad Batch. But even before they mentioned it later on, I thought about it. I said, wait a minute, Echo's not one of the five because he's not, you know, he was, this was done to him by the Separatist. He's not defective. So I was like, did they just get it wrong? That's sloppy writing. And then they explain it later that Omega's the fifth, not Echo. So, you know, night, well thought out on the writing. I like that. Um, you know, so they're sent to Onderon to uh, take out some insurgents who they assume are separatists. You know, Onderon is a redo from uh, the Clone Wars. And, uh, you know, of course, it turns out it's Saw Guerrero and his group. Uh, who is voiced once again by Andrew Cashino, uh, who played him in the Clone Wars. And, you know, obviously, Forrest Whitaker played him in Rogue One and voiced him in Rebels. Uh, it was neat that, and also Jedi Fallen Order, uh, but it was neat that Andrew here, 
you know, now that it has been, the character has been played by somebody else, he kind of bridged the performances. So he sounded more like Forrest Whitaker, even though he was doing the same as he did in Clone Wars. So nice, nice touch there. Um, you know, it's neat that Saw, you know, an, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan, as they mentioned, you know, trained them to fight against um, the Separatists. But just because of, you know, their, the way they fight and their mission and everything, he's able to see through, you know, Palpatine and recognize that his grasp for power. And so, you know, like the seeds of the rebellion are early as far as he goes. You know, the seeds are always there. You know, they took out the whole subplot in Revenge of the Sith with Padme and Bail Organa and Mon Mothma. But, you know, here... Saw is doing his own things that, you know, will be brought to harvest. And, you know, this, the whole stuff on Onderon just serves to, um, you know, increase the division uh, between Hunter and Crosshair. I love that they already have the Imperial probe droids in there. You know, that, the sound of the droids is great. And then, you know, Tech reveals that, like I talked about, that Omega is the fifth defective clone, not Echo. And also establishes that, you know, since Omega is a clone, she's trans. So, you know, if this is our first official trans character in Star Wars, well, there's already been... Uh, trans characters in like the novels and stuff, but you know, to put one in one of the animated series, uh, I think is great as a great step. Um, just hopefully they, you know, r- recognize her as such. And got to give a shout out to AZI three for being a cool uh, droid character. Uh, don't know if we'll see any more of them. Uh, but when they were in the Bad Batch's uh, barracks, uh, looking around, I was talking about, I love research. And, uh, are we looking for this? Are we looking for this? It reminded me a lot of Niku on Resistance. Uh, just kind of like that childlike wonder. Um, so yeah, it was nice to have a, a droid, at least for one episode. Yeah, you know, you would think like, you know, there's always a droid on a show, typically. Um, just because of Echo's modifications and everything, I don't know if that, that'll be necessary because he's got, you know, he can always hack into sockets and everything. So anyway, uh, that was fun character. Basically, the whole scene at the brig was brilliant. <clears throat> um, Uh, just like that kind of humor, uh, if, even though, you know, people dump on the movie, it reminded me a lot of the scene in Star Trek V um, when Bones and Spock and Kirk are stuck in the brig and then Scotty breaks them out. Not exactly, you know, it's not like a ripoff of it or anything, but uh, just the humor that comes from our heroes being in a in a cell trying to figure out what to do about it. <clears throat> Um, you know, they go into more detail about how Crosshair's chip 
uh, is working a lot more effectively than the others. And, you know, they take them in for the brain scan to uh, amplify the effects. Uh, and that, that's straight out of uh, the Siege of Mandalore when Rex had his chip uh, deactivated or taken out. So nice callback there. And then it, Stephen Stanton himself uh, tweeted it out. All the references of Omega is starting to copy Hunter. Uh, like when he puts his finger to his mouth to shush somebody or does, you know, puts the fist up, you know, call a halt in the hallway. Uh, just all the mannerisms. And she's starting to copy him. And it's great. Um, so, you know, go back and watch the scene and see if you can catch them all. And then just the whole, you know, figuring out how they can break out by having Wrecker hit a weak spot and then having to like form a wall and play it cool while all the noise is happening. I mean, that's just like a top five funny star Wars scene for me. It was just brilliantly written out. And of course, you know, Omega, you know, falling through the ceiling and taking out the guards. Oh, it was cool to see the, the shock troopers, um, you know, in their red and white armor from Revenge of the Sith come back and get like more of a defined role. Uh, so yeah, the breakout was great. You know, then we had the standoff in the hangar. Um, you know, Crosshair in his Imperial gear that I talked about. I uh, can't remember who, but somebody on Twitter said is, you know, just the way his armor is now, is he a precursor to the Death Troopers? Um, that we see in Rogue One and the Mandalorian. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, so just a nice tense scene here where, you know, as with the whole episode, all the members of the Bad Batch, including Crosshair, you know, we get to see them use their strengths and um, what each of their unique abilities is. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a hallmark of Star Wars, you know, the ship escaping, you know, getting out, getting off the landing platform in time. So we get that here. That's one of my favorite little niche things in Star Wars. You know, kind of all started with the Falcon, well, with Slave One and the Falcon escaping the landing platforms on Bespin. Ever since then, I was like, yeah, I love those kind of scenes. I mean, we've seen it on Camino before with. Django and Slave One. And, you know, we see here that Omega knows how to shoot, even though she said she'd never done it before. Had good aim. Uh, she saved Lula, the little Tuca doll. Um, which, had, was so cute, Jonah Marie Macias is, you know, like, went crazy about that, and she's tweeting out uh, pictures of homemade ones that people have done. So, you know, we, we, then we get, we find out that Nala Say, you know, helped uh, them escape by, you know, stopping the bay doors. And then, you know, she has a conversation with Lama Su about, and he says they need to be cautious. You know, I'm sure they don't trust the Empire at this point because they're trying to avoid the contract with the clones. And I'll say it again. Um, 
you know, in Attack of the Clones, it was said that the Kaminoans are cloners, damn good ones. Um, you know, in that movie, Lama Su said that the Republic Army was one of the finest uh, sets they've ever created. What what are the other, what who else have they cloned before? You know, did we ever find? I, mean, I don't think we've ever had that established in the current canon. Um, you know what who you know what or who else they've cloned. So you know, it makes you wonder: Will we see them, the Kaminoans, again in this series? You know, I was talking about the the fate of the clones themselves. Well, what about the fate of the cloners? Yeah, hopefully we get more of that. You get down. I can't read my notes. Oh. I know. You want to snuggle. Go play. Um, so yeah, um, I like the setup here with the Kaminoans and how they feel about the Empire. So hope, hopefully that pays off. Uh, but now the Bad Batch is on their own. You know, they've got, they've got their ship, um, which is our, an already announced Lego set. You know, as, I was, as I'm watching this show with Little Han, he's like, I want to get Bad Batch figures. And I said, well, maybe they'll do Legos. Uh, you know, it'd be cool if they had like a Lego set with all of them and maybe their ship or something. And then they announced it like two days later. So I told him, I said, you save up your money, and, you know, you know, he, he collects, you know, rounds up coins and everything and, you know, earns money otherwise, other ways. And said, if you can get, if you get the money to buy it, get it, dude. And so hopefully he will. And then we can do a bad batch Lego build and put it on Instagram. Um, so yeah, they're, they're off on their own. Omega's with them. Um, they're heading to J19, which I won't spoil it, is a reference to an old Clone Wars episode. Uh, so kind of sets up what episode two will be about. And, and, you know, it ends on the beautiful shot of Omega seeing hyperspace for the first time. Um, yeah, Star Wars is great when you see that, the, the wonder in somebody's eyes, uh, from like, you know, like when Han saw it for the first time and, um, Solo, you know, Ray. Uh, young Anakin, you know, when they get to experience it for the first time in this galaxy, that's always cool. Well, that's Aftermath. That's the first episode, and I think it's a good setup for what what is yet to come. Um, you know, I address the, the issues that, you know, were, I think, are fair criticisms. Hopefully they, you know, comment on or do something about it. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, solid, solid little mini movie got us on our way. A lot, a lot of action, a lot of setup. Uh, so we'll see where the, where the series goes. Hopefully more A-team style, you know, with them traveling around as mercenaries for hire and, you know, doing what they have to. And, you know, they got their own version of the black van. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, a great series. I can't wait to talk more about it. Um, but that'll wrap it up. Hope you enjoyed it too. Hope you enjoyed the review. Um, but you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. 
uh, all the previous Radio Dakar episodes, um, uh, plenty of episode reviews, uh, uh, interviews I've done before, uh, book reviews. Um, uh, periodically, we'll be talking about the High Republic series. Um, those are on most major podcast platforms, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, uh, Apple, Google Play. Uh, but again, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll see you back next time. Until then, may the force be with you.